At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey, I'm Mark. Thanks for having me, Eric, on here. Wonderful podcast. Yeah, you know, it's great to have you, Mark. I'm so glad you could free up some time in your very busy schedule to join me. Uh, today, Mark is going to join us as we're talking about uh, Warhammer. Ah, that's yeah. my topic of experts. I, I know. It's a little outside your wheelhouse. Yeah. but Age I'm, of Sigmar, right? Which, well, that's our normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Age yeah. of Sigmar, <laughs> Fantasy Underworlds. <laughs> No, that's not a thing. Fantasy Underworld. The okay. Star Rings, <laughs> Lord of the Wars, mm. Ah, mm. Halo, <laughs> Call of Call of Halo, <laughs> Call of the Halo. Right? No. Excellent. This, uh, welcome, welcome to Lorehammer. Welcome to Lorehammer. Uh, joining, <laughs> joining us today are Rio. Hey. Thank you for joining us, uh, and also Micah. Hello. Wow. <laughs> just trying to trip people up yeah. who Hi. can see the camera. That's what that is. Hi, guys. <laughs> How <That's>... you doing? <laughs> I like Nobody it. liked that. I did. I did. Nobody. Uh, yeah, but today is an episode about uh, Necron. And Necron, sweet. it's very well-placed. Wow. Um, yeah, not intentional. We just, not intentional at all. We just had. I had another one of my favorite dreams, and it happened to line up perfectly, you know, when we wrote yeah. this down. It just it just turns out that every time Mark touches something, it's just <laughs> he's got the Midas touch. You know, it's just it <laughs> turns Midas. into gold. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's it's apt. It's it's on brand just because Games Workshop is, has been releasing. We're about to step into ninth. Yeah, pretty quick. And Necron are the big badge. So we've mm. been seeing a lot of cool models and releases for Necron. Obviously, it just gets my. Jimmy's going, so they're so we, we, pretty. <laughs> they're so pretty. We just watched that trailer with these two before we started recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, did, did, did you like us? Did, did you like it? Did you oh, enjoy did, it? Val- validate it, pl- please. I, I like the part with the robots. <laughs> We're just gonna do ah, a quick I little like that part. selfie oh. right here, boys. Right if I could just get everyone in frame, uh, there we go. Whoop whoop. Yeah, that's Beautiful. quality audio listening that's right quality. there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I never said this is a podcast for the listeners. That's mm. it's for your. It, it's no, for it's, you. For the, it's for me. Yeah. It's for yeah. You. Uh, anyways, uh, before we start off, I'm going to share with everyone, but uh, mainly with you two, to <laughs> really, specifically, <laughs> really get you into the understanding of what we're touching today, and that's. The secrets of the universe are within my grasp. You cannot stop me now. Uh, and that's attributed to Illuminor Caesaris, who, as we all know, recently had uh, a rebirthing. 
of his model, um, which uh, actually goes on sale like next week. T- yeah, next week t- or pre-orders are today or something in Canada, sure. and it's getting on sale next week. So, ten out of ten. Uh, he's a cool character, but um, it's a good quote. It's great. Mm. You it's cannot a- stop him. It almost sounds like a quote from like Jesus or something. Yeah, the <laughs> secrets you the, can't stop me. The <laughs> secrets of the universe are within his grasp. Yeah, but I don't, it's pretty sweet. What's the problem? Um, yeah, but we have a community corner before we actually get into the episode, which is cool. Mm. Do you want to share it, Marcus? Yep. Yeah. So uh, this community corner is for the Galactic Hammer podcast, teaching people about Star Wars and 40k and doing it as gently as possible. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That is the sound they wanted us to make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically, uh, for this uh, podcast, they do one episode uh, on something about Star Wars, and then they do another episode on 40K, and then they'll do like kind of uh, like a battle between the two. So it's like Ooh. the first episode was on cl- uh, clone troopers, arc troopers, and the Domino Squad. And then their next one is on Dark Angels, and I, then I guess they'll do like a smash up and see who would come out on top, something like that. Wouldn't 40k almost always come out on top? No, Rio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's like YouTube channels that always do comparisons between like Halo and Star Wars and 40k, yeah. and 95 percent of the time, it's yeah, it's 40k. Yeah, everything's just 40k so is just ridiculous. too brutal. It's so good. <laughs> That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) So they just love Star Wars and 40K. And if anyone wants to make a suggestion for an episode, hit them up at the Galactic Podcast on Facebook. Galactic Hammer. Galactic, sorry. Yeah, Galactic Hammer. Yeah. We'll include the uh, link in our notes. Yeah. uh, Just in our little blurb that we have of the episode. So if if you're curious, take a look at the show notes for it. um, And you can follow their link. Yeah, go check it out. I haven't listened to it, but uh, Star Wars and 40K, it's, you know, two, Neither one of those are up my alley. two science fantasy universes that are awesome. Uh, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> ah, I see, I see. Famous last words. Yeah, so uh, go check them out. The next thing we have before we get into our, our episode is the Liber Malleus update. So this is that project that I started many months ago. Many moons. Many moons, where we are building an official Lorehammer Space Marine chapter. I haven't really oh. talked about it that much. Um, well, it's it's been in a weird period of transition with yeah. Corona. Yeah, so, so basically, like, I, I bought all this stuff, like, the day after I announced it. And, like, we sold out the first campaign in, like, 10 days. We sold out 40 spots wow. and four vehicles and stuff. Eric's just showing them <laughs> a model online. Yeah, so I ended up painting, like, 40 models and three vehicles in, like, it was under a month. It was a couple weeks at most. Mm-hmm. And then I was waiting on bases and name tags for fucking three months. I was waiting for shipping because oh. it happened, like, right beco- before oh, COVID. Yeah. Right. So all the shipping was messed up. <laughs> so if you haven't seen updates, that's why. But I did just get the bases and the name tags in this week. Oh, Eric, they don't get your sound effects because you're not by mic. But I can hear it. It's distracting. <laughs> He's sticking around on the camera with the models. Just a couple flyboys. Yeah. There you go. They, they do look awesome, though. I, I really like the colors. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I put time into it. Uh, our buddy Ian, he's been on the podcast. He airbrushed all the gray so that, like, it looks good. Um, but I just thought I'd give you guys an update. Like, I am progressing. I do have the bases now. I do have the name tags. So, uh, 
probably within the next couple weeks, I'll get it all painted up and then start posting some pictures online and yeah. sending it out to people who actually helped support us do this. Because I'm still really excited about this project. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people who have even submitted stories for their characters yeah, that they've yeah, named. Yeah. So we're excited to be able to start sharing some of that exactly but yeah it was like it, fucking three months it, of shipping delay yeah and it felt yeah. like we couldn't really share it until the project was fully completed we didn't really want to share a partial project and then have it just sit yeah. there for months because so. guarantee if i posted one of those guys people would be like where's the bases why, sure why yeah. haven't you done the bases <laughs> why is it based where's <laughs> the what's his name you son of a bitch know. greg leave me alone <laughs> but yeah it's coming yeah it is um and the other thing i want to talk about before we get on to our episode here um we are starting another podcast, kind of. Not really mm-hmm. we. We're authorizing another podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be called uh, Let's Talk Lorehammer. And basically the concept of this podcast is going to be it's for the community, by the community. So we got two hosts. We got Dylan, who's been on a bunch of episodes, mm-hmm. and our buddy UK Matt. Who's and been on one episode? Two. two. He's been on a lockdown anime. Oh, that's right. That's but right. Uh, yeah, so these two are going to head up this podcast. And basically they want to have guests from our community from our discord on the podcast to talk about the lore to talk about their army to do whatever kind of things involves in the community aspect oh, that's we, cool yeah we get a bunch of emails where it's like oh yeah i was listening to you guys and i really want to input this so lorehammer let's talk is going to be that platform that's um they're going to do like an episode review and then you guys can join in and um give us your own thoughts on what that episode was yeah, so you talk about what stuff we got wrong, or yeah. what you really thought was cool, what or... you 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 want expanded, whatever kind of is yeah. is pulling you. Um, and then also, yeah, it's going to be a great spot. Like we're not going to do community corners anymore. It's going to go. It's going to get transferred to there because the whole point of Lorehammer. Let's talk. Let's talk Lorehammer. Lorehammer. Let's talk. Yeah, whatever we call it. Um, <laughs> let's is, talk Lorehammer. Uh, the reason I started 40k or Lorehammer. Um, is to meet people and hang out with people. So mm-hmm. this is going to be a way better platform to do that than Lorehammer Main. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, we just can't have a guest on on here. It just doesn't work well. No. So. I don't think any guest we've had on here has actually been good. No. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Like the, it's, it's such a... <laughs> even the Let's people, name names. <laughs> even the people we have today. I'm just... I'm always concerned, you know? That, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's looking kinda, at you too. I don't blame you. Too, no. <laughs> yeah, no, completely justified. Yeah, I don't know anything really. So. <laughs> so that's kind of the concept. Um, go join our discord because they're going to be pulling a lot of stuff off the discord. And if you want to be on episodes, you have to be on the discord. Like that's how you're going to call in and stuff. So if you want to be involved in that, go join that. Um, yeah, I'm going to be on that, on that podcast doing editing. So I'll be in the background, but um, yeah, it's going to be, well, those. you're just there to also hang out. Yeah. And... Yeah. Like I'll, I'll be there to hang out with you guys too and stuff, but those two guys are really going to be taking on a lot of the work. Um, so having said that, um, when we do get that up and going in the next couple of weeks or months or whatever it happens, it's going to be quick. Um, it is its own podcast. It's not going to be on the Lorehammer feed. You're going to have to actually go to their podcast feed. You're going to have to go to their Patreon and support them because while we give them our blessing we're not giving them our money <laughs> so. yeah i mean they're, they're effectively already starting with our fan base yeah yeah so you know what else do they want what else do they want yeah. so it's a great no, idea though yeah, yeah i'm yeah. really excited for it it's going to be a great way to get your guys's the listeners uh thoughts out there onto the way airwaves with yeah. us so 
it's gonna be sweet so that's uh yeah keep, stay posted uh, but go check the discord out we're gonna be starting it up like right away here so go keep in touch there cool well um <laughs> over there okay well um we're we're good to start i think yeah Let's dive right in. Uh, today's episode is all about Necron War Crips. Um, last time we talked about Necron, uh, episode 62. It was about the Dynastic Legions, and we talked about the Necron Court, as well as uh, Dynasty Markings, Colors, Heraldry. Um, but we mainly focused on individual Necron peoples. Yeah. Uh, from, like, powerful pharaons to warriors. But they were specifically people who were in the courts. Sure. So we mm-hmm. ignored, you know, destroyer cults and flayers and, yeah. and mercenary guilds of the Death Marks. And, like, we didn't even really touch cryptics, like, as far as we no, could yeah, have. Yeah, they're, because uh, they're definitely their own thing. Yeah. Um, but another thing that we purposefully avoided were... Necron war engines and their machines mm-hmm. of war and yeah because every every uh, dynasty has their own soldiers and their own vehicles mm-hmm. and um, yeah and they all choose to wage war in in their own w- unique way that they prefer so yeah. uh, that's what this episode is all about is the war engines of the Necrons so from the smallest craft to mountains of living metal that house wormholes or the heart of a star the Necron war crypts have an insane variety of death dealing vehicles and yeah. that's today's focus yeah they they have some truly like the most crazy things in all of 40k like terrifying of, yeah like, like from true doomsday weapons <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. yeah. exactly and when you read through like their technology too it's like oh yeah we just captured this sun and put it in this weapon like oh <laughs> yeah, yeah oh okay we opened a portal to the heart of a star yeah. and then we unleash it on you oh <laughs> you know so. ah okay yeah, uh, but and we kind of broke it down into uh, what we considered like size ratings of vehicles. So we're going to start at like the smallest, and we're yeah. going to progress to the biggest and bigger and bad of and, Necron vehicles. Yeah, and then we'll get to flyers, and then we'll get to actually the Necron fleet itself. Yeah, so it's going to be mm. uh, kind of an information-heavy episode, but it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So uh, without further ado... Senior Mark. At Tomb Blades, they're classified as a light uh, vehicle. So, small one-pilot aircraft, uh, originally designed for space battles. However, they were quickly modified to be used planet-side. Tomb Blades are incredibly quick and maneuverable, able to perform many feats that an organic pilot would dream What's with this cadence I'm having? I don't know. <laughs> wouldn't, tr- <laughs> wouldn't dream of two to the G-Force. It's fun. That's, I think that whole statement is something that's very characteristic of Necron, really. You'll, you'll see that come back over a couple of the flyers yeah. that we pass through is just that not being biological, you know, mm-hmm. just being machines, like tight Gs, tight turns, yeah. crazy maneuvers. It kind of means nothing to them. So it, it all just comes down to whether their craft is capable of it. Yeah. And as we know from Necron... They have the most advanced tech in the galaxy. Exactly. Yeah. So with, without a doubt. Anything that you can... Like the most crazy things that yeah. we would consider an impossibility for the Necron is kind of standard kit yeah. for them. The effects of uh, gravity and friction are limited on its frame due to the dimension repulsor engines dimension repulsor engines which allow its flight (laughs) patterns to vary and shift so drastically uh compared to other aircraft yeah it's like uh when they describe its flight pattern it's like corkscrewing and spinning around like 
stopping on a dime and then shooting up. Like it's so impossible to track. And impossible. Follow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's armed with medium sized weapon weapons, allowing for the destruction of specific priority targets. Yeah. So I think it has like uh, gauze flares. What what do immortals have? Gauze cannons. Gauze cannons. Like yeah. it has that or Tesla cannons. Yeah. Uh, there's so. another one that it can have some interdimensional beamer okay. or something. Yeah. But it, all in all, they're like they're single person, small spherical. They're definitely like small attack craft. Yeah. yeah. Um, not much bigger than the Necron that is inside it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of cool that they're exposed to the elements. Like there's, what? Yeah, what there's no need for them to have like a, a cockpit. There's yeah, no need yeah. for them to be fully enclosed. because yeah. you, you actually even That's see, true, if, yeah. if you look at the vehicle itself, they are strapped within that yeah. thing. They're integrated into the tomb blade itself even mm-hmm. so it just allows you know they just become the machine itself and take yeah. over it and yeah i like what he looks through too he looks through like this fucking blowing well orb. yeah <laughs> that plugs that plugs right in his eye and i think that just becomes his sensory input sure and then yeah. he has like 360 view absolutely sure, yeah. yeah that's pretty yeah. sweet no it's a very it's a very cool concept probably the weirdest thing about this vehicle um is the very first line De- originally designed for space <laughs> battles, yeah. quickly modified to be used planet side. Yeah, and why we... would you? Why would you even make that distinction in the first place? <laughs> so. yeah. uh, especially um, weird because like forty k crafts are so big, like they're they're, they're kilometers fleet. long. Yeah, it's like a fifteen kilometer ship. So what could this one like? Like <laughs> yeah. one of those would fit in this room, yeah. probably. Oh yeah. One thing that I've never really considered about like fighting planet side in aerial battles, like on Earth we have a certain amount of gravity, but a whole bunch of other planets, even in our solar system, have like substantially greater gravity. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like you've within the world of forty k, there's got to be some planets that just have incredible amounts of just natural Absolutely. gravity. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. That's but, where squats are from. <laughs> yeah, they just can't grow exactly. normal. Yeah. They're just constantly getting pressed down. But but things, the technology has to compensate for that. That's cool. Yeah, it does. But you you also like take a look at this. It has a dimension repulsor engine. Yeah, that yeah. that does right? sound pretty fancy. Sure. Who it, knows what it does? Yeah, it's science fancy is something <laughs> I like to call it. Science fancy. You like that? Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, no, uh, 40K needs to be rebranded as that. Science fancy. Science mm. fancy. <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to take the next one. That That's it for actually our light vehicles. Yeah. Uh, they don't have... Uh, like this would be their version if if I had to make a comparison. This is their version of like attack bikes. Yeah, it's as I don't like it, but I agree. It's the single person yeah. uh, carrier with a weapon on it, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. that's the only thing. But there's nothing really else that they have that's this small. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go right up to the next one, which is the annihilation barge. So following the crescent-shaped aesthetic of the Necron. Uh, this light anti-gravitational skimmer is piloted by two Necron. It carries a large twin-linked Tesla destructor, and it use, that's used primarily uh, against infantry. And then, even though it has strong destructive capabilities, uh, it's mainly deployed in defensive positions, <laughs> which seemed odd when when we were when I was reading it in the Codex. It talked about how it's deployed defensively because quote uh-huh. it can't keep up. With the main Necron force. Mm. Weird. Which yeah. makes yeah, zero like, sense. If you look at, like, 
children at Patreon for two dollars, you can look at the images. But if you look, or at you it, can like, just Google. No, it. no, you <laughs> but you should no. definitely join our Patreon. Um, yeah, like it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't look like it's slow or something. It's not like walking on legs or something. Yeah. It no, it's jet it's a flyer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of the Necron yeah. race. So it, it, I think that's a little odd. But uh, why do you think it has two pilots or needs two pilots? I would imagine one for flying and one for targeting the gun. You say that, and yet the Catacomb Command Barge yeah. also has two pilots but no gun. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it has two pilots. It could just be uh, – it's like a sensory thing where it, they're all just watching a bunch of different sensors sure. trying to make communications. And their processing really just, power? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. They like, really just work in unison more than like – Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Can, I imagine they can probably link somehow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, it's pretty common with Necron vehicles to have an integrating uh, mechanism with the vehicle. So mm-hmm. it yeah. may, that makes complete sense to me. But yeah, I don't think there's like a defined reason. Yeah. You'll even see even... There, there's, there's these little crescent shapes behind the Necron body. They actually pinch into the body. <laughs> and so that would be like into your sides. Sure. Like... And that oh, could yeah. be how they integrate into the vehicle. Those these things just clamp and just smash, like punch through the sides <laughs> of the necromancer. And then body. the living metal like reforms around. Absolutely, it. Sure, yeah. 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 Kind of that... looks like a scorpion, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. With a tail. Yeah. When I said the crescent shaped, I meant the crescent is kind of horizontal. Yeah. Uh, and they sit in the pocket of it, and then yeah, Rio's right. There's kind of a tail that comes over top. That's but cool. Yeah. It's cool but yeah, vehicle. Do you have one of those? I do. Oh, I've never seen it. Yeah, because it's not great. <laughs> oh, okay. On the table. Okay. Yeah. You've seen I, you've seen it once. Okay. <clears throat> okay, I'll take it. And it was very it. forgettable apparently. Apparently. Well, yeah, it probably died turn 1. Probably also wasn't painted, so it's like fuck that. Out of my out of sight, out of mind. Um, so the next thing we got here <laughs> All around <laughs> me are familiar. <laughs> uh, Rio, you want to take the next one? Yeah, sure. Okay, so this is the Catacomb Command Barge. So following the same design as the Annihilation Barge, this vehicle has removed the large cannon on top. Instead, they carry lords and overlords and act as their personal transports. That's sick. So the advantage to using this vehicle lies in its giant carrier wave generator used to instantly issue commands to troops anywhere on the battlefield. So you actually see that really represented on tabletop where um, there's a rule called My Will Be Done. And normally the range is only six inches. But when you choose this as your HQ choice, that instantly becomes a 12-inch radius. So it's kind of cool. There's some kind of generator that allows him to communicate much more effectively and at larger distances to um, their his forces. So that's kind of cool. It's a really it's a good reason to be in that. So uh, when I look at it too, like uh, it really looks like a chariot. Yeah, it I is was just very much a chariot. That, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the, the overlord sitting. It has like they're the, standing the rounded, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, standing and like leaning on like that rounded chariot part. And you know, absolutely, the, he's got the staff and he's yeah. pointing it, yeah. directing. It, it's very so much good. chariot. Yeah, yeah, which goes kind of along with the Egyptian theme a little. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Uh, so lords and overlords are commonly seen flying high above the battle or resting far away watching the battle, divining their enemy's strategies and relaying orders to their troops. So this one apparently can keep up with armies. It can go kind of (laughs) wherever, even though it's the same frame. If anything, Uh, slightly bigger, has an extra body on it. Yeah, yeah, they actually, it is the same kit even on tabletop. And all you do is you remove that gun turret and you just replace it with the Lord. Perfect. 
Yeah. Okay. But okay. it is. I really like the idea because um, there there definitely are some overlords or lords who like leading from the front. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then there are some who like leading from the back. And I like the fact that this is kind of a mobile HQ station, right? Uh, every time I picture like a commander leading from the back they're in like a room in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of like data feeds or whatever and they're relaying orders but instead he's just flying so high above the battle witnessing everything and then because of that extra carrier wave generator he's just relaying the orders in real time down to his army is that, and i kind of like that is aesthetic. that altitude represented on tabletop at all there's no altitude isn't really a thing on yeah. table so okay but yeah it's uh it's kind of cool to think that they're just hovering and you know might, you might not even notice them and sure. but they're they're seeing everything and, <laughs> yeah. so those last two were more so the medium Yep. And now going into the more heavy stuff, uh, the first one we have is the Doomsday Arc. Mm. Uh, these floating platforms are little more than a gun with engines. The Doomsday Cannon is so large that it requires this framework to hold it aloft. It's, it's big. Yeah, that thing is... This oh. picture right here kind of shows how long that yeah, the gun is. The, can, <laughs> the barrel of the gun is as long as the rib cage <laughs> of the vehicle. Yeah, like that's yeah. probably like a 20-foot long gun, <laughs> realistically. Massive. That's so I, cool. It's much larger than that. Sure, maybe it is much larger. Twenty-five. This thing is thirty. This, this thing is on par with a Land Raider in terms of length, if not okay. larger. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. The aesthetic reminds me of like a slave rowboat. That's oh, what I was thinking. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Hold yeah, that thought. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, despite being large, it has a very fragile-looking appearance. Um, what? But it makes up. Okay. But it makes up for this by using uh, quantum shielding to deflect incoming weapons fire, creating a durable and destructive war engine. Yeah, quantum shielding is a really interesting mechanic. It works oh, where... Oh, mechanics podcast Tell, now, tell me how quantum shielding <laughs> works. <laughs> okay, you know what? I know how... Uh-huh. <laughs> He knows how to make a nuke. <laughs> he does know how to make a nuke. All you need is the no, internet. No, no. Okay. You know, I have no idea how quantum shielding works, but I know how the shielding that covers oh, these, that the Imperium calls quantum shielding works. Right, right. And the more devastating the impact, the less likely the chance of this thing ever being affected by it. And at some point, if you have such a devastating impact, whatever shielding it has, it just won't affect you. You can shoot the most deadly cannon ever at that, and you just can't overload this quantum shielding. But then some orcs just going DACA Absolutely. would do more damage. It's really weird. It's like a slower, less powerful projectile has a higher chance of wounding that thing than a volcano cannon. That's sick. Yeah, like Titan weapons can't even damage that thing because they always do you know, such high damage and you roll a dice or whatever and you just mm-hmm. can't fail that roll. So it's very cool, especially on tabletop. But I like to think well, how that's represented in you know 40k life as well it's just they're you know some super weapon is trying to melt it and it just is unscathed and that's cool that is cool um the doomsday cannon itself has two unique modes of firing um when the platform remains still it allows the doomsday cannon to fully charge and anything less than a void shield will off won't it will not offer any protection against it it's crazy I don't like doing the tabletop thing, but sure. this one really is crazy. It has a minus five AP. It's good. <laughs> Strength ten. Oh, so yeah, like 
She, a- she's anything, a big boy. Anything it touches, it fucks up. Like, yeah, yeah. there's nothing that saves it. It's crazy. Yeah, the, that's actually a really common thing with uh, a couple things in Necron. It seems to be a very high strength and a very high AP, and they complete. It's completely neutralized in its ineffectiveness by giving it either random shots or random damage. Sure. So that's a crazy thing about this is it's very easy to wound things, um, but when it comes to damage. Yeah. you have the same chance of rolling six damage as you do of rolling one. Sure. Which mm-hmm. is a really weird spot to put this doomsday cannon in. So. <laughs> but I feel like you have to balance it. Because exactly. the lore, yeah. lore-wise, it's, <laughs> it's a beast, be. and it yeah. will melt anything in front of it. That, but you have to balance it with fun and interactive gameplay. You're 100% right. There's yeah. like a level... Of, you have to suspend yeah. like your understanding of the Necron as the galactic dominating race that they were yeah and you have to say okay but it has to be again. a game well of course they are they're rising mm-hmm. it's time <laughs> um yeah but that's doomsday arc very cool very cool you want to read this next one i, I know do. you're super passionate about I it i do okay. so the ghost arc the standard troop transport of the Necron, some would say the only troop transport of the Necron, uh, it is very similar in design to the Doomsday Arc, but has removed the Doomsday Cannon, flipped the rib cage, and in order to carry 10 Necron infantry. It is also equipped with two arrays of Goss Flares, uh, which is also on the Doomsday Cannon. It's just these Goss Flares sticking out the side of the, the ribs. Sure. Um, so originally... 60 million years ago, this thing was made out of wood, and it was designed to carry the Necronter dead to their final resting places in their mausoleums and in their crypts. Um, But they were transformed during the time of the biotransference and used to round up the Necronter to take them to massive furnaces. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Because only a spark of life was required for the biotransference, the ones responsible for collecting the citizens began to viciously assault the Necron population <laughs> when they resisted, breaking their bodies to just before the point of death and piling their near corpses onto the arcs to be carried away. Necronter, oh. hiding from these brutal raids, could even see the spirits of their brethren floating above the ghost arcs, mourning their loss. Eventually, the sight of this ghost arc was synonymous with fear. Or terror, sorry. That... That was so awesome that's when I read that. Like, oh, terrified. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. To me, that seems like that has a little bit of, like, lore implications where they can literally see the spirits of their brethren floating above <laughs> the ghost arcs. Though. Well, okay. So, first of all, that's 60 million years old. Uh, so, okay. it, it could just be a tale. It could be that someone etched, like, a, I like... I like to imagine that a lot of information that we know about Necrons are found on hieroglyphics. Okay. And so I like to imagine that you could see these on the hieroglyphs and the way they would represent the fact that they were carrying dead is they would carve spirits above it. So you would know there was dead in it. So I don't know if it's a real thing. And it very well could Mm -hmm. be because you know the Catan, it consumed the spirits and souls of the Necron So it could be they physically manifested somehow, but it also could just be someone's artistic representation. When did you change from Satan to Catan? When Games Workshop released the official way of saying it is Catan. Nice. (laughs) What what about Zinch? Chinch. Uh, It's Chinch. It's Chinch? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just another thought on that, too. So uh, the Warp 2 was very different 60 million years ago, too. Like, there wasn't chaos gods that devour your soul when you go into the warp. So Yeah, it was a much oh, yeah. more tranquil place. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, the the idea that the original shape of oh. these was wood, yeah. and and then eventually they mechanized them, and then these people would just whoa, 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 like through the streets, and just you would like see like the green aura, and just break both their legs so they can't run away, or their like their spine yeah. and like twist their neck, but make sure there's still life there, and then yeah. just pile the corpse on there and so when they were wood were they like wagons yeah they okay, were drawn wheels. by beasts of burden oh oh i see i see yeah okay so that that's like <laughs> this aesthetic of this carried has carried on for almost like a very long yeah. time because they're also very technologically advanced even back in the day yeah so you have to assume that this wagon would have been from way early in their heritage right yeah. so that's awesome yeah it's i mean it's it's not awesome but it is it's it's us it's great it's great yeah that's probably one of the most grimdark things i've read in a long time about about 40k yeah it's up there like doing that to your own population and stuff because yeah i'm sure you're just rounding up the citizens yeah yeah Yeah. and obviously there's going to be massive rebellions and and entire wars fought over this biotransference thing like i we kind of gloss over it we say you know the biotransference happened and now they're all necron yeah one day yeah. later everyone yeah necron. truly though like this would have been a years long campaign to get yeah. entire systems and planets transformed uh, right, into yeah. these necron and, yeah. and, and you, entire wars would have been fought yeah. entire rebellions and and just imagine being one of those rebels, like you're fighting like these undead robots and you know you're fucked. Yeah, yeah you like, know this is what waits you yeah, is to yeah. just become this soulless creation yeah. and they're, they literally are just picking you up and crushing oh gosh, your body. It's so good. And... It's so good. Just, in my head, it's just like a TV show right it's, now. It'd be so good. It's very cinematic. Oh. This, yeah. It's very hopeless, mm. you know, and it's a very strong theme that is communicated in this. So. Yeah. Make a sick video game. Oh, yes. Uh, so excited and... Breaking people's spine. Well, well not it's that. that. Like, Fighting against the genocide. If, uh, if you can have a successful zombie game, this would be like possibly way better in mm. my opinion. It's just it is a good story. It's yeah, really it's unique, yeah. but can still inspire all the same fear. Sure, for sure. sure, it's good. Yeah. Uh, so in current times, though, ghost arcs hold Necron that are too badly damaged to repair on their own, uh, and they either enhance their reanimation protocols or they break down their bodies into raw reusable energy while transferring their you know their consciousness back to the tomb world sure. or the tomb ship where they can you know be refit into a new body yeah um and then swarms of reconstructor scarabs are also held inside the ghost arc to assist in, in repairing the mm-hmm. necron bodies Very and if cool. you ever take a look at the models you can actually see those reconstructor scarabs yeah. on the necron that are actually sitting inside yeah. in their damage repair state yeah it's cool they're all like tucked in there like arms over their chest it's yeah some cool. of them are missing arms some sure. are missing legs mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool how the flavor of like what it used to be and what it is now what, how there's like changing? a little bit of a connection yeah. between it where it's like the half dead yeah that's cool i love it yeah ghost arcs 10 out of 10 yeah monolith we got the monolith up next so a massive pyramid-shaped structure made of living metal it is equal parts transport destroyer and icon of necron power mm-hmm. yeah this is one of the most iconic things in mm-hmm. all definitely for necron yes. but even in just all of 40k even like, in 40k it's very recognizable yeah like any any player who's done 40k knows what this is knows what it looks like but yeah. if i'm like oh yeah do you know what a doomsday arc is eh, yeah you're much you, less likely you, to. you might not know what that <laughs> yeah. is but uh yeah as it floats ponderously across the battlefield glowing green energy seep from its power matrix covering the surrounding area in an eerie glow. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, double checking if because I know that some uh, groups of Necron have different colors. Yeah. Same thing would apply. Oh, it's not absolutely. Always green. Yeah. 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 Glowing gr- glow. Is yeah. In, in glowing, a glow. In a glow. Glowing Eerie. color energies. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Insert color here. Commonly green though. So we mentioned it's transport. The yes. Eternative Gate on the front side of the monolith has a dimensional portal allowing endless waves of Necron warriors to pour through it onto the battlefield. So that portal like ties directly back to the tomb world. Yeah, or a tomb ship or, yeah. or anywhere that they want, really. Mm-hmm. It's not actually a transport. There's no Necron inside yeah. the monolith. It's just a, a dimensional door that opens up. Exactly. Gate. So it's a portable portal. <laughs> That's yes, exactly sir. what it is. Yes. <laughs> oh, the math behind figuring that out is staggering. Oh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, its main weapon, the particle whip, uh, shoots a bolt of pure energy, lashing out and arcing across living creatures as it finds himself uh, that find themselves on the receiving end. Yeah, so it's got like this big crystal on top that just like shoots blasts of like. It really looks like electricity almost. Yeah, like it looks like lightning. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, but it also even has just four smaller turrets placed around yeah. it, just regular Goss yeah. weaponry. So like yeah. it, it's still a pretty formidable tank. Yeah. Its living metal hull is layered and so thick that it is nigh impossible to bring a monolith crashing to the ground without any without the use of most deadly weapons. Any minor damage done to it will only be repaired moments later because of the living metal. Mm-hmm. Another unique feature of the monolith is the night shroud. This occurs when two monoliths are close enough together that the energy barrier is formed between the two. All weapons fire uh, that passes through this barrier are less effective. And even more interestingly and unexplained is that the night shroud blocks all psychic powers that attempt to breach the energy wall. Hmm. Um, there, there's stories of now if you get three of them now it creates a triangle and everything in that triangle if you're like a psyker you can't even use psychic powers now it like completely it, knocks out your connection oh, wow. to the yeah. warp so that's crazy it's pretty powerful yeah <laughs> yeah i uh, it's this is such an icon and unfortunately you just i haven't it, it's not represented that way on table, and I really wish it was because I love bringing this thing. It just looks so good yeah. when you smash <laughs> that down yeah. and you pour warriors out of it. Yeah, and, yeah. It's so it's so Necron. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk a bit about it at the end. But they're getting a new model, so high hopes. Oh. High, very high hopes. Very high hopes for. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a pretty perfect vehicle, to be honest, for war. Like it. You'll find that a lot of Necron vehicles are, yeah. truly. But, yeah, the whole fact that, um, you know, nothing is even inside it. So even if you do destroy it, it's not really a big loss right. for them. Uh, it's living metal, so it's notoriously difficult yeah. to destroy. And then the more you have, the more powerful they become. And you'll even <laughs> see that. Um, so we've talked about the Night Shroud, and Mark's talking about, like, the nullifying field. But there's actually another effect that happens that you'll see later when we talk about other versions of the monolith. Yeah. So it it only gets this vehicle only gets crazier. It, it like there's <laughs> there's not where you come back and say, well, actually it's a little weak. And truthfully, it just gets even more terrifying. Yeah. So oh. Correct me if I'm wrong too. Like this thing can teleport onto the battlefield. Oh yes. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> yes. it, it just 
No monolith, then boom, monolith. Yeah, oh, boom, then warriors. <laughs> yeah. Boom, then particle whips. Yeah, yeah. Then exactly. boom, nullifying field. And it's teleportation without the warp, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. it's all, it's pure It's science. dimensional. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah, they use wormholes and, and everything, and they don't <laughs> touch the warp at all, so. Yeah. It's only better than everything else. That's <laughs> it's all, only better. It's only better. It's funny, sometimes we've done, like, posts on our, our Facebook and Instagram, like, oh, yeah, Necron Tech, the most advanced, and people are like, what about the Tau? It's yeah. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, what about the Eldar? Like, yeah. Admech have some pretty cool tech. You guys are stupid. <laughs> like, come on. It's, yeah, I, I think a lot of people, um, well, first of all, there's not a lot of Necron stories out there. Sure. Mm. Uh, and I think that's how the majority of people consume their 40k universe is through novelizations. Sure. And there's just not a lot out there. And yeah. then when there is, it, Every, it seems that everyone misunderstands what's happening with Necron. The number yeah. of times I've had to tell people that, well, I don't think Cesaric actually was um, allying with the Blood Angels out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> the number of times I've had to say that is a little ridiculous. I'll, but I'll say it again mm. for the people in the back. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot of books out there, so the best way to consume Necron lore is definitely Codex. Yeah. And Codex Necron are terrifying. Yeah. There's nothing that matches <laughs> Codex Necron. What about Tabletop Necron? They're not even close. <laughs> Almost any army on tabletop is better than Necron tabletop. So, but soon, soon, yeah, soon, Major Gobo. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, who wants to do the Tesseract arc? Rio. Yeah. Sure. Rio's got it. Okay. The Tesseract arc is built around the contained singularity torn from the heart of a dying star. <laughs> And it <laughs> unleashes a fraction of this power in combat to obliterate its enemies. <laughs> For all that power, it is relatively small and piloted by a single Necron. The Ark is surrounded by a gravitational distortion field, which it uses to move itself, as well as a defensive mechanism crushing any would-be attackers under a mighty weight. Yeah, like even this one just really solidifies that point we we're just saying like their technology is crazy like it has it doesn't a, move. it has a singularity <laughs> contained within this vehicle yeah. and it's not even like a dangerous thing they're just oh yeah this is like normal tech for us yeah, like, yeah. it honestly doesn't even make any sense it doesn't like yeah. it doesn't isn't a singularity be, like a infinitely a dense like point a singularity is a wormhole is it not uh I'm Googling it. What wormhole, is black a hole singularity I thought it was like an inf infinitely dense like condensed a singularity is a location where the quantities... Oh, I'm ready for this. Ah. <laughs> All right, you ready, Mark? I'm ready. I got my listening okay. in the ears. In scientific terms, a gravitational singularity or space-time singularity is a location where the quantities that are used to measure the gravitational field become infinite in a way that does not depend on the coordinate system. In other words, it is a point in which all physical laws are indistinguishable from one another, where space and time are no longer interrelated realities, but merge indistinguishably and cease to have any independent meaning. Of course, that makes sense to yeah. me. I'm not going to yeah. pretend so... like I know what that means. <laughs> That's a and black hole, not a wormhole. It's a, a black, black hole. hole. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a black <laughs> hole. Wormholes have two points. Black hole is just a yeah. single yeah. singular. But yeah, that's they're yeah. just like, oh yeah, this is in our vehicle. Yeah. And we contain it. And even just the way it moves, it's not like, oh, yeah, we have thrusters. No, we use gravitational distortion fields. Yeah. Like, well, because I imagine that the vehicle holding... 
a oh. singularity <laughs> is so impossibly yeah, heavy. Yeah, I guess but, you would. But it has to be able to literally aim that gravity because it's using that Absolutely. gravity inside itself to pull itself <laughs> forward yeah. and and at the same time can just instantly point that gravity at someone else to crush them. Yeah, absolutely. That's so crazy. And yet, <laughs> apparently the Tau. Well, have you heard of rail rifle, something that we have in our current day yeah. and age? Have you ever heard of ion cannons? Hey, hey, if you got like a thousand drones together, <laughs> think of the AI. <laughs> okay, okay. But yeah, this... This thing is so cool. I actually also love the shape of this one. Yeah. Uh, it has a massively shielded front end, it looks like. Uh, it, it's, it looks, to me, I always pictured it, it was really trying to make sure that whatever was containing the singularity is like super protected. That's kind of the, the, the sure. thing I always got from it. At this point, we're still under like the heavy category. So like how yeah. big is this in scale, do you um, think? So it's uh okay, so in length it's probably as long as a land raider you could or see a predator. The... Yeah, you can see the, oh, oh, the pilot. Oh, oh god spoilers. Oh oh god. You can see the pilot inside. Yeah, it. where's the pilot? Is this the pilot? No, no, go further back. Yeah, right where his mouse is. That's, that's the pilot. The, oh, that's the pilot. So, so it's not big, like it's it's maybe... a little bigger than a rhino. That you'll like one of those. Which it just has a black hole inside of it, yeah. which because technically it's just like a single point. It's just there's so much mass at that single exactly, point. Exactly. Yeah. But it's That's just the fact that crazy. all the technology that they need to contain. How does anything thing. compete with this? Like, <laughs> to be honest, like even anything the Imperium has, how does anything compare to this? It yeah. shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, plot armor. Plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Got me. The only thing that stops mine is five AP is plot armor. <laughs> the only armor strong enough yeah. is plot uh. armor. It's very true though. Like the. When you talk about what it actually does, it's so insane. Yeah. Uh, they have they have this uh, room that contained every single star in the galaxy, and they could literally destroy stars from this room. Oh my god! How can you ever hope to beat the Necron when they could just snuff out the sun in yeah. a heartbeat? So why haven't they done that though? Plot armor. Uh, <laughs> no, first, first of all, plot armor. But second of all, I think that room has been lost because so many people wanted it that uh -huh. someone tried to hide it. And um, I, but I, these relics exist, and and all they're all over the galaxy. They're spread out, and there's sure. even some human ones that are very similar to that that were created in the dark age of technology. Sorry, the golden age <laughs> of technology. Yeah, right. So An another thing too about Necron though is they want to rule. Yes, they right. don't so, want to just true. destroy. That yeah. makes sense. So yeah. if they just go destroy every sun, then they've just destroyed all their worshippers. Right. They they right. need um, to be. They have that yeah. need of being worshipped. Yeah. So. Mm. yeah, yeah. So the ego of the Necron is the only thing saving us from the Necron. <laughs> that is hundred yes. percent beautiful. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, um, moving on to the super heavies. Uh, mm. First thing we have up is the Doomsday Monolith. So the Doomsday variant is a heavily modified monolith. Uh, protected by an energy field of unknown design and over twice as tall. Its basic functions are similar to that of a standard monolith, floating and transporting Necron from other places. I pulled up two pictures here. This doesn't actually have an official model. It doesn't, but it the is described way better on the one on the left. Yes. But since we've never even had a picture, we've never had an official model, I put one on the right of what somebody else thought it could be like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the one on the left, I think it's made it into, like, white dwarfs and stuff. It has. And, yeah. yeah. The the one on the right actually makes me way more think of an obelisk, but hmm, sure. we'll get to that later. Yeah. 
Okay, um, its weapon has been suitably upgraded to match its increased height. Able to shoot a Goss... Goss? Goss. Goss obliterator, a stronger version of the particle whip. They are also protected by a phase shift generator, increasing its protection from attacks, though not of the Necron around it. Uh, question. Hmm. How does a phase shift generator work? Well, can somebody generate shifting phases? <laughs> okay, that answers it for me surprisingly <laughs> yeah. enough. Um, um, phase shift generator it says unknown. Mark. <laughs> oh, God. get off his back. Uh, <laughs> um, the most interesting aspect of the Doomsday Monolith, though, is the energy grid. The Doomsday can take energy from nearby monoliths and unleash them all at once through its Goss Obliterator, creating a truly terrifying weapon. Yeah, this is so. This is where the monoliths get even scarier. So you have your monoliths creating their night shrouds and their nullifying zones, and then you slap down a Doomsday Monolith. <laughs> and now, like, the, he adds to the defensive capability, but it then takes the offensive capabilities of the other monoliths and shoots it in a truly terrifying... Because it wasn't terrifying right, enough already. Right, because it wasn't scary enough. <laughs> yeah. So they made it even worse. It's nice. Um, yeah, they... Back... Do you remember when they used to do... Like, when they first, not detach, maybe they were called detachments. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I forget what they're called. Um, uh, they were way back in the day. They Italian? unleashed, no. they unleashed like, uh, specific outfits you could take. And they said, look, if you took this, 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 and this, you got special rules. And this had its own, I'm going to call it detachment, but I don't think that's the right word. This had its own detachment where you, if you took this and three other monoliths, you would get the full benefit of its destructive and defensive capabilities. And that is like, that was the heyday yeah. of the monolith, you know, impossible to be just formations. Sorry. Formations. Yeah. That's what they were. But yeah, it was, it was very cool. You really saw the power of the monolith back in the day. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Up next, we got the megalith, mm. a mobile fortress. The megalith is similar in shape to the monolith, but the size is far larger it is so large, in fact, that it carries multiple monoliths within it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's nice. That's what you want. And releases them onto the battlefield. Yeah. It is armed with an entire ar arsenal of gauze and particle weaponry. Like, how could you possibly? It's just, there's going to be guns everywhere on that thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, once again, there's no model, but I found a couple really cool ones. Yeah, that one is like uh, someone created like, a little diorama of his army and brought it to Armies on Parade, I think. The, the one regular on the right. monolith is smaller than that. Yeah, that's a Tesseract Vault. Yeah. So oh, my gosh. It's huge, but yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> it's crazy what some people yeah. do. A single megalith once annihilated three regiments of Catechin jungle fighters and a force of Imperial Fist space marines. Um, regiments, there's no official number, but it could potentially be millions of guys. Oh, my so God. It potentially yeah, yeah. by itself could have killed three million guard plus yeah. whatever came to support them, and then as well a force of space marines. <laughs> okay, so that's on the, like, pessimistic or optimistic side, depending on how you're looking at it. So one million on the biggest end, what would it be on the smaller side? <sighs> yeah, probably. Like, Here, there's, there's no really good way because it could literally be one person. So he killed three cat. <laughs> yeah. The the way Imperial Guard regiments works, it varies from planet to planet. Oh yeah, they never yeah, actually. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but like, even on tabletop, it's very impressive though. It's very impressive, even on tabletop. Like you play on the platoon level, 
and that has like a hundred guys and then each platoon goes into a company and a company has hundreds of platoons and then there's multiple platoons in or a companies. regiment companies in com- the regiment yeah, com- yeah, yeah like so it's it's a lot yeah it's a lot of things <laughs> yeah well f- i think even for this i don't even think they destroyed the megalith i think they left doesn't it, sound like they it. left it alone <laughs> yeah because oh! they had thrown enough bodies at it <laughs> and they I realized see. they weren't gonna get through it <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you do? What do you do when <laughs> that thing has do? like when it's fifteen monoliths yeah, it's inside just of it, pooping like... out monoliths? <laughs> oh my what do God. you do? And the mo- each monolith just gets stronger when there's another one <laughs> yeah. next to it. And... Oh man. Yeah, Necron are cool. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's right. just nerdgasming so over let's there. Let's take one more peek just at this picture right here. Yeah, like that part right there, because that is the next thing we're talking about. Yeah, the the tesseract vault. So there it is in the real scale, and then if we go back an image, you'll see it all the way up there. Yeah, like this is probably roughly how it's, big it's it is big. in real life. This this is how big it is in real life. Hmm. That's sure. about a, a foot and a half, give or take. Maybe maybe, yeah, maybe a little maybe. less. Anywhere Judging by Eric's twelve head. to I don't own one. It's two hundred dollars for that model, and I've decided <laughs> I don't big. I don't want to spend that on that. Anyways, uh, mm. Tesseract Vault. Housing one of the most dangerous beings in the galaxy, Tesseract Vaults are primarily used as containment units and prisons. It Inside it is a transcendent Catan, an amalgamation of many shards of the once all-powerful race of star gods. Mm. Because the Catan constantly leaks destructive energy, the vault is in a constant state of break and repair. The Necron... <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. The Necron used the Catan's own power against it by powering the canoptic creatures that contain and repair the vault. And we actually talk about the canoptic creatures that are all on this thing. That, uh, there's leeches and sentinels and scarabs and everything. Uh, but we do that on our... Uh, Crips of the Necron. Crips of the Necron episode. It's like a 51 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't it, know. Anyways, but we do talk about everything that's specifically on this vault. And there's a lot, so it's pretty cool. Uh, when absolutely needed, Tesseract vaults are let loose on the battlefield, and the transcendent Catan is pointed at the enemy, letting <laughs> loose reality altering blasts of energy. <laughs> the only solace they, uh, the Catan, have in their prison is being able to deal death and suffering whenever they can. That's nice. That's a good consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. Once the rulers of the galaxy and the owners of the material universe and <laughs> now just glorified laser weapons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in some cases of absolute necessity, the Necron unleashed the Catan. <laughs> so they, they set it free yeah. from the Tesseract vault. <laughs> Uh, or it might just even overload the vault itself, you know, if the vault takes so enough powerful. damage. Yeah. Um, and they and then it unleashes its power on a rampage wherever it is. Uh, this is just as dangerous for the Necron as it is their enemies, because obviously these gods <laughs> hate their slavers. So who, so who cleans that up? Like, yeah, what, is it, that guy just, just like out there? You leave. Yeah, yeah, you you don't. Don't. Then he's just free. Like, <laughs> yeah, the sector's yeah. done with. Like, what? Are you, how? What do? Yeah. What okay, do how we, many of these things are there? Unknown. Could be yeah, hundreds, like, could be thousands, could be millions. Could yeah, be like this one. isn't like millions. a super rare thing. Like it's not. Crazy. No. Well, oh. it's it's not rare enough that you don't see it. Like uh, it's very yeah. common for a dynasty to have multiple of these. Yeah. So and there's many dynasties out there. Yeah. Uh, there were many Catan gods when they first arrived. Yeah. There were many, many of them. 
Uh, and then when, you know, the Necron rose up and threw down their gods. They, Sharded them. I was trying to avoid. <laughs> they shattered them. Shattered. Yeah, they broke shards. their gods into infinite pieces. So yeah. there's shards of these beings all throughout the galaxy. And yeah. sometimes they're slumbering. Sometimes they're caged. Yeah. Sometimes they are set themselves up as gods and make people worship them. And it says transcendent Catan. Is that... Is there any difference between that and like a just a normal katana? Yeah, so a transcendent one is an amalgamation of many different shards. So each individual star yeah. god was a being and yeah. a personality in itself. There was the Nightbringer, there was the Deceiver, there was the Burning One. Yeah. Um, Megladroth. Yeah. The Void Dragon. Yeah. But anyways, they all had their own personality and power and character. Uh, but then when they were shattered, these shards went everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then if you took a shard of the Nightbringer and a shard of the Deceiver and they merged, they would become a transcendent Catan. Oh. So they they lack the personality of what they once were, but now they're insane, well, more insane than they oh, already right. are. But right. it, they've also doubled power and yeah. got more. And it, It's stronger than, like, individual shards, but still not nearly as strong as a full Correct. Satan, Catan. Okay. okay, so not a full Catan. No, not even... Catans were truly, like, masters yeah. of reality. Yeah. They could reshape reality to whatever they wanted. Right. So, it's cool too. Like, uh, they got this like spider creature hovering above. Like, you actually see this the transcendent Satan. They got this spider creature above it. With, it's like, called these the Canoptic Sent Sentinel. Okay, yeah, and it's yeah. got like these oh, tentacles yeah, yeah. on it that like keeps it in check somehow. Like, yeah, it's constantly. Oh, oh yeah, I remember hearing about yeah, that before. Yeah, if yeah, you right if you guys have seen Spider Man Two with Doc Ock and yeah. he has yeah. his things and he's containing yeah. the Solar Sun right. and the that's flares, perfect image. Like it, that's exactly how I see this thing doing. Any kind of energy that tries to lash out, it, you know, it blocks and tries to push it back and contain yeah. it into the center. So it's amazing. This is really cool. It's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. I should get one. No. Two. Get three. three. <laughs> <laughs> we agreed on something. Yeah. That's it. After this, we'll go to GW and get you three of these. What could possibly go wrong? Okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the next thing we got is the Aeonic Orb. Oh, who wants to read this one? I'll read it. Even during the war against the ancients, only a handful of these were years used. So this is 60 million years ago. Only a handful were used. This weapon is fueled by a fragment of a star. It is rumored that a, that the Satan need to destroy an entire star in order to acquire the necessary components for this weapon's energy source. So you need a blown up star, I guess. <laughs> but it, it kind of makes sense why they were seen back in the day then and maybe not now you can't get the components exactly yeah sure. maybe the Catan are no longer capable of breaking down stars completely anymore yeah. mm -hmm. the essence is then encased in an orb shaped containment field that sits on top of skimmer platform giving this weapon system frightening mobility which is most often used to give the aeonic orb the most favorable favorable firing positions to take out enemy titans the firing mechanism of the weapon is as simple as it is effective, merely by changing the containment field of the orb. The orb is capable of unleashing devastating bolts of energy that can cut virtually any material uncontested. Uh, fortunately, after a shot of this solar flare weapon, the orb seems to require a significant amount of time to recharge. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God once it God. finishes cutting through my planet, <laughs> yeah. it needs a little time to recharge. Yeah. The orb's secondary weapon is the solar burst, is simply a short-range, less powerful version of the solar flare beam. This is compensated for the by 
This is compensated for by the beam affecting a larger area. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Due to the increased radiation effects and the greater accuracy. Hmm. The destruction of the containment field results in an explosion so large that the planet itself is most likely doomed. So, so even if you win, you lose. Yeah. Um, doesn't have models. Yeah. Some people have done some interesting takes on it, but uh, yeah, you don't ever want to see them. That's the last thing you want to see. Yeah, like you, you can't even. The last thing you would see. see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and this is the biggest vehicle, right? No. Oh wait, no. Um, well, there's, there's okay. I think there's a couple. The bigger. abattoir, I yeah. think, is technically bigger. And then there's also their aircraft are probably bigger. Their oh, aircraft right. are bigger. That and makes then sense. There was yeah. also a one-off. The world engine. Oh yeah, yeah. Which so. is much bigger. So yeah, this it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. it gets worse. Just <laughs> clarifying, pretty much everything we've talked about thus far has been like planet side, right? Yeah, like these yeah. are things that yeah. you would see yeah. go to a planet. Exactly, they're part of the invasion, invasion force. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But if you fire this, isn't it just ripping the planet? Well, I mean, you just have to be careful where you're aiming it. So you just right? aim what it if... slightly above the surface. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take a little off the top. <laughs> yeah, a little off the just top. Just skimming like the surface. Whoa! I wanted a zero, not a. <laughs> the orbiting moon just gets hit instead. So it's like the moon gets blown up. And like, yeah. Oh. Some of great. these things are absolutely wild. Great, thank you. Cool. It's almost too powerful to be actually useful. Sure, yeah, yeah, I could see I that. I definitely well, see what you mean. Especially because they want people to worship them. So if you destroy a planet... Well, I, okay. So you think about when these engines of war were created. Mm. Uh, they were created in a time when oh, the Catan yeah. were the driving force behind the Necron. Right. And the Necron were embroiled in a galactic-sized war against the old ones and all their upstart races. So in that moment, I think the Necron were much more... In going towards the route of bigger is better, mm-hmm. less than you know. Let's preserve them alive so we can rule it. They were yeah. just they were fighting their war. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and at, it, at that point it was survival. Yeah, because at yeah. some points they were losing this war. Right. Yeah. So I'm sure that they needed this to defeat some kind of old one technology. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. they rose to the occasion. Right. Right. So, and then at some point they were completely beating the old ones, mm-hmm. and you can attribute probably a lot of it to their star capturing technology (laughs) although it does say that there was only a few of these even at that time back then maybe that was all that was needed right or maybe that was all they could afford to make who knows but devastating devastating firepower Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. yeah but that that kind of does conclude our planet side um mobile mobile war engines (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah what other words can we use (laughs) i don't know but there's still more though uh don't worry so the next one we have are what we considered weapons platforms. Uh, and the first one we have are sentry pylons. So they are automated defensive weapons platforms used by the, ne- the Necron. They're a smaller version of the pylon that we're going to talk about in a heartbeat. 
stationed around Tomb Worlds for defensive measures, they also have the ability to teleport to a war zone to act as an artillery piece for advancing Necron. So yeah. the, the distinction here is that this isn't piloted. Conceivably, any of the other uh, war engines that we've talked about, there are Necron telling, pointing the trigger. Yeah. Right? Pointing, yeah, yeah. pointing the gun, pulling the trigger. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. I'm not that stupid. I'm just sometimes. Anyways. <laughs> ah. Uh, uh, but these ones. Self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah, but these ones are, are definitely more uh, just automated. turrets. They're automated yeah. turrets yeah. run by computers, presumably the master program on Tomb Worlds. Yeah. Um, and then just probably on some kind of program yeah. on the war zone, right? Yeah, you exactly. know, don't target Necron, target everything else. <laughs> sure. So. Yeah. Um, they're... They're big. They're how big are these? Probably like maybe two fists. Sure, two fists tall. Yeah, they're probably they probably sit anywhere from like six to eight inches. Okay. Okay. Sit. So, yeah, six to eight. I don't know. I don't have any sure. myself. They're a Forge World model, which means inevitably yeah. they're expensive. <laughs> so. They're pretty cool though. They yeah. Got a cool shape to them. Um. Up next, we got the Necron Pylon. Yeah. So the the Necron Pylon is a massive weapon uh, emplacement equipped with a particle accelerator, which is a larger version of a monolith <laughs> particle whip. Ah, that's so, nice. Good stuff. Uh, it's used to defend Tomb Worlds, but equally useful for their ability to teleport onto active battlefields, <laughs> releasing a blast of Gauss energy and teleporting away before the enemy can react. The teleportation, it's just so crazy. Seems How? really broken. Like, you just teleport onto a battlefield... Boom, 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 and then teleport away. Yeah. yeah. No, not only that, but this also has... Um... Oh, actually, you're going to read it, so I'll let you talk about that. Um, as Eric was about to say, um, <laughs> for more drawn-out engagements, the pylon is equipped with a phase shift generator, which it allows nearby Necron to shrug off the most grievous incoming battle damage. Yeah. So and it's also I learned a anything, shield the... that just teleports into the middle of battle, just Rex face can teleport out if it ever needed to, but it's also bolstering the defense of every unit around it. Correct. It's nice. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I have one of these. They're big. It's so cool. <laughs> it's another pretty iconic Necron. Sure. Thing. Is the teleportation uh, reflected on tabletop? Yeah, you can deep strike it. Oof. So <laughs> yeah, the yeah. it's fun, and it, it gives like a an invulnerable save to everything around it, which is pretty cool. You can just park war like your warriors around it. And it's just like a defensive position for them. Um, But yeah, that gun is, it (laughs) decimates things. Yeah. If that thing hits, it's yeah. Whatever it hits, it's pretty much going to kill. Yeah. That it almost, I, I don't think on average, but it's not, De- it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility for it to go through a night in one single shooting phase, <laughs> which is something Whoa. special, which yeah. is pretty crazy, especially since it just teleports in. It just shoots, blows up a night, then teleports away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Thank you. Like, oh, wow. there's a, a wall that we've been getting trouble or there's like a massive monastery that we need to all right, bring in the Necron Pylon. You know? <laughs> just, we'll destroy a building with this building sized gun. <laughs> it's wild. Very cool. Very, very cool. Hmm. You're up, Rio. Okay, so obelisks. They share a similar pyramid appearance to the monolith. However, its purpose is entirely different. They are seated throughout the tomb world, cities, and upon activation, serve as air defense platforms. So once awakened by either automatically sensing enemy aircraft or intentionally by their Necron creators, the obelisk 
rises from the earth and levels out far above the surface, blasting enemy aircraft out of the sky. Tesla arcs? With Tesla With arcs. Tesla Sorry. Arcs. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> ah. <laughs> blasting enemy aircraft out of the sky with Tesla arcs. If these yes. uh, defensive me uh, measures aren't enough, the obelisk will release a short-range grav wave pulse, shortening out systems, causing planes to plummet to the ground. Yeah, I just... You, we must... There must be some picture, because all I can see is, like, a shock wave, like, like running yeah. through it, and then everything just... <laughs> falling from the sky as it just slowly rotates yeah. in the sky. Like, I, the whole... The slow, immovable aspect of the Necron was what I loved. It was just this march of death yeah. that came or rose up slowly. You know, it didn't look that dangerous, but it was just so far better than anything. Like, that's what I loved about Necron. I sure. love the fact that this thing just, I just, I picture them rising out of the yeah, ground you just and see just like, like arcs flying off at them, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like they're actually doing anything, right? They're yeah. just slowly moving, yeah. not you in see a the, hurry. At first, the, the ground's vibrating, yeah. and then like it starts to crown and just like rips the earth open. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. then just sends out a freaking gravity wave pulse. <laughs> just, yeah. oh, so cool. You I don't just, want that. Yeah, and then once everything is dead and crashed or dying on the ground, like you see doors open <laughs> and Necron just walks. Like this ominous glow just yeah. emanating from their bodies. It's, it's so perfect oh. horror. Yeah. 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 Oh. It's really metal, yeah. It, it is it, metal. It, it is <laughs> living metal. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Anyways. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, the abattoir. Uh, so once called World Harvesters by the Eldar, these massive building-sized vehicles have been responsible for the destruction and consumption of many civilized worlds. Hmm. These ancient devices were originally built by the Necron for the sole purpose of harvesting life in preparation for their sacrifice to a Catan. So this is definitely a throwback to a time when the Necron were subjugated by the Catan. Yeah. Is this still round now, or this is pretty much uh, so? I'm obvious. Like I think it w could exist now, but uh, it's not it common. Serve place. a very different purpose now yeah, than exactly. it originally. Yeah, uh, with no phasing ability, like unlike most of the Necron tech, these temples were instead brought to a world to be deployed on site for sacrifices. So no teleporting for these bad boys. Um, but, like most Necron units, the Avatar makes heavy use of Goss weaponry, although its armaments are much, much stronger. So their weapons are not only flay their victims where they stand, but also harvest their pain and fear at the moment of death, creating a stored source of sustenance <laughs> for the Catan. Mm -hmm. So it's just like they're creating batteries out of the pain and suffering of their victims. For the Satan. So, so these tentacles, they just like whip around, just like flaying, like just yeah. well I, the way i i kind of saw it was goss weaponry technically takes people down molecule by molecule yeah. and that I, I kind of assumed that there was a some sort of technology that 
It's a would molecule vacuum. vacuum. <laughs> Just right beside. Honestly, like I, I, I don't uh, know if I have like a way. Maybe, maybe all those little tentacle things grabbed people and then. Mashed, mushed them up in the building. Yeah, to, or just, just smashing it against some body, molecule by molecule. Yeah. Maybe. through yeah. their tubes. Well, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Like, it, it could either be literally like a vacuum that goes near it, and then it, as it gets shot with gauze and starts disintegrating, then it can like yeah. absorb some of that, or maybe like you're saying, like it can hold it and then shoot it with some gauze, yeah. and then it, like it, disintegrates it. No matter what, they're it's cool. getting the job. This done. is yeah. harvesting worlds. It's it's going through planets. And like through cities, and I just picture another one of those massive things slowly moving, people running for their lives. There's no escape from this thing. Yeah. And it just slowly but surely is going to harvest your entire planet. And Necron don't work on timelines. They're patient. Nope. They have an eternity. Yeah. They literally have they don't eternity. Care. Yeah. That's what I love about their slow like their perspective on time yeah. and their perspective on even war yeah. is so different from ours. Like they don't believe in lost battles. They just believe in you know, oh, like, let's go back and try it a different way now. Yeah, yeah. Because, so. yeah, even they don't actually lose They don't people. lose cre- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It sort of reminds me, not in image so much, but kind of just the the idea of, like, the tripods in War of the Worlds. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that. Uh, You're going to like what we talk about eventually, then. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh, and oh, check everyone. The beating off of the meat. <laughs> no, I was just slapping his leg. Mark, could that's you mind a, that? That's it's, a meat. It's consensual. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank God. That's nice. <sighs> well, okay. And that, so that abattoir kind of heads off our weapons platform type things. Sure. Uh, so now let's get into aircraft. Yeah. And these would be planet side ends. Base? These are mainly planet side, okay. but it's not inconceivable to think that you would find these in space as well, uh, flying around their actual fleet. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. But yeah, like, like think X wings or something. Yeah. Like yeah, the, the exactly. only thing would be like propulsion systems. Like, Doesn't so long as it's not propellers, it'll still work in space. In what? Round. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> have we even thought of I'm just conventional saying. means of technology? <laughs> I'm just saying. All of, all of their stuff should still work in space. Mm-hmm. And and they don't need to worry about like sealing Do you not airtight the stuff. The first thing I know, I know. that we talked about, <laughs> I'm just saying. it was designed it's for space. For the audience. He's pissed. He's pissed. It was designed for He's space. He's got a gun. Yeah. It was designed for space. And then they adapted it to the planet. Yeah. yeah. No, all of these things you could conceivably find in space. In the next, for yeah. this next category. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do the first one, Michael? Uh, sure. So the first one up is the Doom Scythe. It's piloted by Necron. Shocker there. Um, <laughs> these aircrafts have surpassed the uh, limitation placed on biological and organic pilots. They are faster, quicker, more nimble, and can make decisions in a fraction of the time that most biological creatures can. And they are, uh, they are the iconic crescent-shaped aircraft. Yeah, everyone jokes and calls these the croissants. <laughs> yeah, There's, I've even seen a couple yeah. models where someone just takes the hull off the top and the bottom, and they put them on a croissant. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's beautiful. It's cool. The, uh, you mentioned this with like the tomb blade. Um, the pilot's like super exposed, even though it's like this could be a space flyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The you you just see the si- just the pilot sitting, sitting in there, right there. Yeah. There's no covering. There's on no him. need for it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's really cool. It. So cool. Which is, it's really nice that they like recognize that and 
they use it to the advantage of the model design. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's something so unique that yeah. you don't get anywhere else. It, yeah. it would be one of those things where if someone were to read this whole and understand what it meant to be Necron, and then they see a bunch of vehicles where they're covered by clear plastic, mm-hmm. and if you critically thought about it, you're like, well, what's the point? Yeah. You know, what's the necessity yeah. of it? So it's kind of nice that they went from that from like day one mm-hmm. yeah and uh doom sites are usually the first forces seen um by the enemy as they sow terror and confusion among them uh the wine created by the propulsion system is enough to drive those who hear it insane we actually got catatonic uh, we got a sound bite for that propulsion yeah wine. if you guys could just direct your ears to the speakers right here <laughs> lay it on us let, let's hear <laughs> <laughs> catatonic fear catatonic ah. 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 Yeah, you're catatonic okay. i was expecting one of you guys just to re just oh. really really hard <laughs> um anyways for firepower they're equipped with tesla destructors and death rays there's actually a really cool thing about doom scythes um if you have three of them together they all can focus on the same point in a battle, and it just does this pulsing blast of death. Like, think Death Star, where you have the multiple beams combined into one beam? Kind of, yeah. Oh. But it, instead of instead of it making one beam, they all just focus on the same point. So their their beams just converge at the now same target. Now they cross streams. Well, that, That's I, I learned dangerous. that very early on. Dangerous things happen. But then. yeah, they, they just seem to, when they have to like all hit the same point and at the yeah. same time, and then it just creates this bubble of death around that point, <laughs> which is much stronger than your the standard yeah. death ray. That's nice. Yeah. You know, because the death ray wasn't strong enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we got the Night Scythe up next. The Night Scythe is a variant of the Doom Scythe, sacrificing its death ray weaponry for a wormhole generator. <laughs> Makes sense. The Necron wait on their tomb worlds many light years away for the Night Scythe to open a wormhole, transporting them to the battlefield. In this way, Necron forces may infiltrate a planet by the use of a single aircraft that is fast enough to evade enemy fire and defenses, and then just create a wormhole, teleport an entire fucking dynasty. It's very common in the first stages of a Necron invasion for this to arrive, transport a bunch of Necron forces to the planet, and then they set up a signal, and then all of a sudden, Necron pylon, monolith, megalith, (laughs) doomsday megalith. Dooms they are everything just starts yeah. flooding into the planet. Right. Like they don't need to make planet fall. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they literally just teleport to your planet as soon as they have like a lock. Yeah, and they just send one ship out. It's and just then a it can... single night sight. That's yeah. all it takes. Maybe two if you ought to be redundant. But, sure. Um yeah. If look, you're crazy. If you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. And you don't believe in your Necron tech. <laughs> yeah. Keep this in mind, this ship, when we start talking about the fleet. I'll bring that point up later. Okay. But keep this in the yeah. back of your mind. You can even... It, you can't really see it on these models, unfortunately. But if you flip it underneath... Like, you'll notice... Okay. Like, see this picture right here? Uh, he's missing. not talking into a mic. So, see this picture right nah, here? They it's can a... hear. They can hear. I'm talking loud. <laughs> There's a picture... <laughs> the gun normally goes right here. But underneath, there's this flat mirror. It almost... And it... Yeah, okay. So, you see the gun, right? But instead of the gun, there's this weird go to the next one yeah there's this piece right here and it's flat it's circular and it looks very much like the door of the eternity gate on the monolith it's swirly Uh, it looks like a watery surface and in the same way that the monolith is a wormhole generator that's what that is too so it's just Mm -hmm. 
how do they get that? How, <laughs> how do, how do? Necron tech too good for work? You know? Looking yeah. at it, it looks like an orc helmet with just horns. I don't know down or up. How dare you? Oh, I can see it. Yes. Aha. Like eye, eye, mouth, and then. Yeah, just like some nice Viking horns. I like mm. it. And Eric's very disappointed in me. Eric, what do you think about this conversion that I tossed up here? I do not like those <laughs> bananas at all. I really yeah. like it. I, I saw like it and I was like, because it's unique. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah, yeah I like it that it, like they have their doom scythe and then they'd have this one. Basically, yeah. they took the crescent and they flipped it. They inverted Backwards. the wings, yeah. so yeah. Um, the crazy thing about the Doom Sight and Night Scythe models is yeah. that you can just push fit the two different parts on. Sure. It's just friction fit. You don't even have to magnetize oh, okay. them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Nice. Two models for the price of one. Overly priced model. <laughs> How dare right. What a deal. <laughs> what a deal. All right, uh, Night Shroud. I'll do this one. Uh, so the Night Shroud is a Necron bomber aircraft. It's larger than the more numerous Night Scythe and Doom Scythe uh, that accompany it into battle. And the Night Shroud origins date back millions of years to the war in heaven. So the Night Shroud's primary armament is the Death Spheres, a relic containment vessel imprisoning a fragment of antimatter. That's neat. Uh, the warhead is kept phased out of the material universe. <laughs> Until the Death Sphere detonates, unleashing an energy blast that annihilates all it touches. Sweet. Very nice. Yeah, very, but guys, very nice. rail rifles. <laughs> rail <laughs> rifles. They love, like, imprisoning things that normally can't be imprisoned. Yeah. 100%. They yeah. love taking things that are impossible yeah. and just bringing them to your doorstep and saying And putting Merry them Christmas. in a vehicle. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like a basic, basically a god of the material universe contained. Yeah. Black hole? Contained. Singularities? Like, contained. Bam. Antimatter. Contain. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's... In, in a separate universe, temporary storage, yes! until you want to create a bomb. reality. It's like, well, we don't want it to like go off in our own hands, so we'll just phase it out of reality. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. <sighs> Necron Tech, 10 out of 10. Science. Yeah. It's all science. <laughs> Guys, it all science checks out. Science fancy. It all checks science fancy. <laughs> um, one thing that I find interesting is it says like, the Night Scythe and the Doom Scythe are more numerous than this. Mm-hmm. So, but with the night scythe, you can just have one go to planet side and then suddenly your entire force is there. Yeah. But an another thing about the night scythe is if you have two night scythes, uh, you can just teleport warriors because both of them open wormholes yeah. or uh, black holes, right? So yeah, yeah. you can just connect that night scythe to this night scythe and transport warriors from one side of the battlefield to the next if you uh, want. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's. You definitely want multiple yeah, of them. More and, and they're also just fighter craft, right? Yeah. So you need the capability of fighting people in uh, okay. the air. Cool. So. But yeah, these night shrouds, they're, they're bombers yeah. with antimatter bombs. Mm. <laughs> so. Yeah. So nice. All right. So that's the their main kind of ships, conventional ships or whatever. Now we'll get to their fleet. Um, so when we... When we go through these, we, we often talk about like how rare they are and uh, how the Imperium has like seen like only one of this ship has ever even been seen. I think a lot of the reason for that is because of the Night Scythe. You don't need to have these ships float across space. You only need the one to send it which way or that way. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my thought. It could also just be that not enough have, have awoken yet. Mm -hmm. Who knows? They don't really explain it. Yeah, I definitely but, fall under the more not awoken yet. Sure. Or the fact that... Um, 
I see a lot of these, definitely the larger battleships in the fleet, as a status symbol. Sure. Um, so your your rundown lord of planet Z over here, you know, okay. he doesn't have the Cairn class tomb ship, but Emotech, he has a Cairn class, and yeah. I don't see Emotech traveling from battle to battle by teleport unless he's like, I have to be there in yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah. But other than that, you know, he carries his entire court with him mm-hmm. on one of their battle cruisers, and that's that's kind of how I yeah. see it. But I do uh, more status symbol. It's sure. a status thing for sure, and uh, they don't care me. about timelines. Doesn't yeah. matter if they take the planet thousand years from now or tomorrow sure yeah the there's only one thing that might alter a necron's timeline and that's Mm. tyranids uh yeah they ruin everything yeah (laughs) but anyways let's talk about the fleet uh rio's gonna take it away for us okay so the first um in our fleet we're going to talk about a battleship and it's the cairn class tomb ship so the largest and the most powerful of all Necron warships, they measure 15 kilometers wide in size. <laughs> and for the Americans, I don't know what that is. 1.2 in, miles. In miles. Mm, no. <laughs> Checks out. Checks out. Just under 10 miles. 9.6, I'm guessing. Kilometers <laughs> to miles. <laughs> what was your guess? 9.6. Wow. 9.3. Ah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So close. Okay. So they are also crescent in shape, but with a pyramid building based at the rear. And they are so heavily armed as to easily destroy an Imperial battleship. And the Imperium's only consolation is the rarity (laughs) in which they have ever been seen. Yeah, like they can't destroy them. So the only saving grace for the Imperium is the fact that they just don't encounter them. (laughs) Yeah, that might be another reason why they're rare, because you just don't need them. Yeah, like true. You need one. Yeah. Right. And you're Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, and uh, when seen, they are always heavily protected and part of a large fleet, which makes destroying one all but impossible. I feel like the only thing that could destroy one is another Necron Necron deck. Yeah, Yeah. which happens probably more often than we would like. We. We. (laughs) You just lumped yourself in with them, didn't you? (laughs) Nobody wants to see brother fight brother. Uh You know? My my metal brothers. Uh (laughs) Eric, have you ever shown your tattoo to the Lorehammer peoples? I'm sure I have. They don't want to see it. Flash it for the camera. Do it. Do it. Do it. Eric's been branded by uh, the Necron. Oh, I don't like playing yeah. yeah. um, If you would like to see Eric's tattoo, please contribute at least two dollars on Patreon. Oh, what are you gonna do? Great night. Oh, not, have the uh, not appointment made yet, but the ideas in your head. No, no, no I'm, I'm talking to the tattoo artist. Oh, sick. that's sweet. It. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, is it gonna cool. be more? It's gonna be a little bit more complex. Though, it's a more complex, detail, but the right? style is supposed to also be very simple. Uh, okay. Similar. Like uh, I really like the fine, clear lines. Yeah, I like that so. too. That's yeah. a great tattoo. It's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. the guy it who will did keep it. you safe when the Necron overlords come. <laughs> Absolutely, they'll see my <laughs> look, look. Look at you. The guy who did it, I, I kid you not. Bumped a line of cocaine right before, oh right before he tattooed me. Dude had like a, a nice. So I was in Portland hanging out. It was a little little side story. It's I all coming it. together. Little side story. I love it. So I was in Portland hanging out with a, a, a buddy, and he and I were like, you know what we're gonna do today? We're gonna get tattoos. Neither of us had a tattoo at the time, so yeah. we we go there, and this guy's like, yeah, welcome to my shop, man. And he's classic rock hard American, America. like. Big ponytail, <laughs> bunch of eagles pictured everywhere, you know, loves America, loves freedom, uh, classic. And 
he like went back to the bathroom right before we started. He comes out and he's like, "All right, boys, who's first? Oh my god! And my friend Will and I, we just look at each other, and I'm like, "Well, I guess it's me." <laughs> yeah. But, and then uh, halfway through tattooing, I'm like, "Oh my god, dude just has like a shotgun sitting right here beside him. <laughs> Had just a pistol on his hip." A shotgun right on his car. I felt very safe. Oh, yeah, of course. In case any, you know, marauders decided at that <laughs> point to come into the Necron shop that I was getting, or the, the tattoo shop <laughs> that I was getting branded. But uh, never heard that story. It is delightful. Oh, yeah, guy bumped a line of coke and then gave me a tattoo. Oh, that's beautiful. But he was... He was very straight. He was doing it to pay for his daughter's college. Oh yeah, those those lines are pretty clean. Like considering the guy was on coke, he was on coke. That's why they're clean. Yeah, focused. It it could be better. It could be better. Could it? Yeah, there's a couple lines here that I um, I'm not super happy with, but it's only because I stare at the thing twenty four seven. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, I constantly worship the 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 gods Ah, that this represents. I'm constantly sacrificing and doing my. Praise be to the Necron, oh Lord, save our souls. Please protect us when you come for us. Spare us from the energy. You know, I, I do my my prayers daily to, yes. yeah. to keep us safe. I'm do I'm doing it to keep you safe, thank Mark. You, thank you. So Mark doesn't die. <laughs> so I'm covered as well when oh, they come. Sorry. Absolutely, oh, I got perfect. you too. Right. Anyone who's a part of Lorehammer, I got nice, including the fans who pay on Patreon. Absolutely, <laughs> I got you guys covered. Uh, Back to our episode? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the segue back to it? Like, Necron. A... Tattoo. Necron episode. Okay, perfect. We're cruisers. We're into the cruisers <laughs> you know now. What? He was as high uh-huh. as some of these ships fly. Whoa. There you go. There we go. That'll do. That'll do. That'll do, Eric. <laughs> uh, That'll do. Which ships are you talking about specifically? I'm talking about the Sh- Shroud class light cruisers. Oh. Um... That, uh, oh no! Shit, the that's the wrong class cruiser. Damn is it. what we're gonna do. So close. I was wrong. Much more car- common than the Karen class tomb ships. They're frequent that they frequently guard. The Scythe class has two variants: the Reaper and the Harvester. The Reaper carries uh, specular yeah. weapon system, while the Harvester does not. For any English-speaking people, um, uh-huh. sepulcher. Sepulcher. Oh, okay. Yeah. What does that mean, though? A sepulcher weapon is nothing other than an energy weapon. Oh, okay. It's like, they gave it a different designation. I'm assuming it's like a magnify differently. But in the end, it's just, it's just energy weapon, just like particle whips or goss flares. Bright glowy beams. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) While they appear light and easily destroyed, uh, this is far from the reality. Every instance, the Imperium engagement of Imperial engagement with Necron fleets include the Scythe class ships, but only three have ever been disabled. And you'll notice it says disabled. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not even destroyed. Not destroyed. That's nice. So these are just the guard ships for the Cairn class. And then these are also very common. Apparently, they're, anytime the Imperium has engaged Necron fleets, these are there. Mm-hmm. And they just can't kill them. I think, I think in the story I read, it took three battleship class cruisers, Imperium cruisers, to de- disable. Yeah, to disable a single... Wow. Like, that's wild. Scythe class ship. Oh so, my gosh. It's pretty wild. Okay. Uh, let's talk. I will talk about the Shroud class. 
So equipped with a heavy complement of lightning arc turrets, they were first recorded by the Imperium in 992 M41, but conceivably they've been around for 60 million years. Because of their common tactic of retreating from battle, this specific ship, uh, the thought is that they perform battle evaluations of other races. So they engage the races. They see oh, what kind of weaponry are they putting at us. What are their shields capable of? Okay, let's document all that. Let's go away. Let's report back. You know, in my in my head, it's just like a rude teacher just sitting at the edge of the classroom, just taking notes on who's doing good and who's not, <laughs> just like scowling at the classroom. That's what that is. Just yeah. during an invasion of your planet where you're all dying. <laughs> yeah. But it's like this thing is yourself. also engaging. But when it gets enough data, it just leaves. Yeah, it just. Yeah, that's so brutal. Just leaves and then it it takes back and then it realizes, oh, we only need one ship to kill these guys because they're so weak compared to us. The picture has a really cool Aztec-looking pyramid on top of the ship. It looks sweet. Corona. Sorry, Corona. Uh, You'll actually see those pyramids on a lot of their ships. Yeah. Yeah. So if we... uh, No, go back one one more. Yeah, there we go. So you can even see the pyramid on the Cairn class. It's kind of hard to describe, but the crescent is flat, and then there's a pyramid on the base of it, and it's it's very cool. Yeah, it that looks they keep awesome. The, yeah. They keep that theme throughout it. So, yeah. uh, who wants to do the cartouche? Yeah, you want it? Sure. So the cartouche light class cruiser, um, it is bearing strong resemblance to the shroud class. The primary difference between the two ships is that the cartouche is equipped with both particle whip and lightning arc arrays, while the shroud is equipped with solely the latter. Sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't look the Not same, but no, I don't no. think it looks the same either. That's the image I was I was given. Yeah. It's uh, these these are a little old. Sure. And, and they're all from Battlefleet Gothic, and I don't know if they get updates regularly. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. What's the game? Battlefleet Gothic. The, that's the video game is like Armada or something? Yeah. yeah, Armada. And so there's a lot of the pictures that we have are just f- stills from that game. Sure. Perfect. So. I want to play that game, but apparently it's very uh, computer heavy. How? What? Isn't it old? No, Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2? That came out like last couple years. Oh, uh, year what, or two. what was the first one? Uh, I don't know. That one would probably have been like the 90s. Okay. That's what I'm thinking of then. And then they, I didn't they had they... the board game, which is a completely different thing because it's on a board and not a computer. What's the gameplay right. like? Um, It's fleet-based. Like, think, uh, I don't know if you've ever played like Star Trek, any Star Trek games. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, where it's, you know, you're That's moving cool. your ships. It's a real-time tactics your, game. Yeah. Firing torpedoes and stuff and trying to avoid. And, cool. But apparently, yeah, like it's very, I don't know computer heavy i don't know what how you actually say that intensive yeah computer yeah. Demanding. demanding yeah whatever yeah um following that we have the kopesh class light cruiser they are more heavily armed than the shroud class light cruiser and very effective when used in conjunction with the shroud taking more damage before allowing the shrouds to get in closer kopesh class vessels wield lightning arcs and particle whip batteries cool so it's just kind of like a defensive shield Cartouche, like a heavily armored cartouche, right? Yeah. Um, Looks, yeah, different. It's like a Tie Fighter (laughs) with croissants on the sides (laughs) (laughs) and an Aztec pyramid in the center. They really, they really amped up Uh, the 
crescents and the number of ways that they can twist the crescents on their ships. All right, let's talk about their escorts. Um, So one escort they have is the Dirge-class Raider. It's the smallest Necron ship uh, and is equipped with lightning batteries. Uh, While small, it's still a formidable foe, as all Necron tech is. Yeah. one cool story involves a Dirge-class raider being buried in sand on a planet, uh, only to rise out of the sand and fly off into space you know, after killing those that <laughs> awoke it, yeah. naturally. Yeah. So, But it's just, once again, that cool image of, you know, the ground vibrating. Absolutely. And then, Massive then earthquake and yeah. all of a oh. sudden. Yeah. And yeah. surprise, it's another crescent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, th- this one's pure green though most of the other ones had like <laughs> yeah. a more metallic color and this, this one's a little just... bit more banana than croissant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is though you're 100 right on that <laughs> i definitely see it now holy <laughs> shit it's a little more banana okay and the jackal class raider so that's the last one in the fleet that we have yeah these are equivalent size and purpose of imperial escort ships they almost always accompany a Cairn class tomb ship protecting the rear of the mighty ship. Mm. Yep, just another version yep. of a fighter ship that they have. Yep. yep. And like these are all big too. Like I'm sure this thing's like a kilometer long. Like maybe sure. not, but I'm sure it's big. It's yeah. Like, it's not if not you long compare to, to be like, able to protect a fifteen kilometer yeah. long ship. It's comparable to Imperial escort ships. I, like, I imagine an escort ship. Uh, I guess depends on what it's escorting, right? Yeah. Absolutely. The the thing is, like, we just there's not a super super lot of info on a lot of this stuff. Sure. Out there, mm-hmm. So it's yeah. a little tough, and and because it's old, it hasn't been updated. It's not updated yeah. very often. Right. So it's not super ideal for us deep diving, and it's more just a yeah. uh, hey, here's what we know. You know. Yeah. Fill in the details in your yeah. own head. Um, but there's one more craft that doesn't fit under any. Of these things, uh, it's a planet-sized Necron craft. Oh. It's called it's called the World Engine. Oh, that's so good! So it's the largest Necron creation ever seen. It was the size of a planet. That's nice. Oh, that's no moon. <laughs> oh, uh, it ravaged systems, entire systems, until the sacrifice of seven hundred and seventy-two astronauts flew their cruiser into it. And boarded the engine. Eventually, the shield systems were destroyed, allowing every Imperial ship in range to blow the world engine to pieces. There's a really cool book on it called The World Engine. The World Engine. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. The the World Engine, apparently the shields were just so strong that nothing could penetrate it. And then it just had so many craft around it protecting it. They just ram into it. They rammed their their massive battle cruiser just right into the heart of it. And then apparently the battle between... So there were 772 Space Marines, and it took them 100 hours to fight their way. Is that... What do we got? Um, just stuff. I don't know if any of these are actually official. I don't think they have official yeah. artwork. Of no, the Jamie, that's engine. the wrong picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the so apparently the battle once the Space Marines infiltrated, it took them so it was 772 Space Marines against hundreds of thousands of Necron oh, yeah. warriors, and they just fought their way through the corridors, so cool. destroying command node after command oh, node one and by shield one after dying. shield. Yeah, huh. just. And every time a Space Marine died, they just felt it that much harder, you know, because there's infinite yeah. waves of yeah. Necron coming after them. And eventually they, they got to the 
main command node and destroyed it and the shields went down and they just told every other imperial ship and system like blow this thing to hell and mm. You know, they destroyed it and killing all the astral knights within. Do you happen to know like roughly when in the 40k timeline that was? Or um, I don't have. I would it imagine um, 39. 39. Yeah, that's I guess. your yeah. world. Because Necron really haven't been around that long, so mm-hmm. late. It, it would have to be recent for sure. Yeah. Uh, While Eric's looking that up, I looked up how big an escort ship is, and it's no longer larger than two kilometers an imperial one so like even like small ships in 40k yeah, are, like, are stupid are huge but big uh 926 m41 926 m41 yeah oh, Necron are super recent that's recent yeah they're very recent sorry <laughs> uh, one of the cool it's things the about lash. the world engine story but not about necron at all is the fact that one the one of the planets in the Vidar subsector that the world engine completely destroyed, the other space marines that were involved in the battle for the world engine, they erected a um, monument. Monument, yes, out of the wreckage of the ship that the Astral Knights crashed yeah. into the world engine. And all the space marine uh, chapters that were at that battle take turns sending space marines just to guard oh, this. Oh, I remember monastery. you had mentioned that. At some we, point, uh, we, there's no way we haven't talked about yeah. this, right? So, but it, it's cool to think that you know the ultramarines who are part of this battle, they just send a couple ultramarines every few years to just guard this and, and keep it alive in their memories. And I, I like that aspect mm-hmm. of yeah. 40k, but it's now like a pilgrimage site too yeah. that these pilgrims come to and, and thank the astral knights for destroying the world engine. So, <sighs> cool, 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 very cool. Yeah, cool. That's uh, it's kind of it. Yeah, that's a lot of their stuff. The one nice thing is about this is they can keep adding to all this without having to, like, come up with weird reasons. Like, it's always weird when you add new stuff to the Imperium range. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Because everyone should know everything about the Imperium range. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but these, it's like, oh, like, more stuff is constantly being awoken by by the Mm -hmm. Necron. So it's like more stuff is being released. Um, The other nice thing is that worked out for us is uh, all the new Necron releases that are coming up don't fall into any of these categories. They're all like either uh, part Canoptic of the or actual creatures, yeah, like oh. legions. Yeah. So interesting. This episode is valid. <laughs> I validate myself. <laughs> that's that's how you do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Take that. <clears throat> it's kind of cool to think that um, all the more vehicular stuff is still going to stick around for the foreseeable future, yep. except for the old monolith. Monolith. That's the only one I which guess. Which is getting yeah. its new. Um, model. It, it's very. Do you want to pull a picture up, Jamie? Uh, it's very reminiscent. I'm not worthy of that title at all. Of uh, the old monolith. Uh, obviously, got an update in terms yep. of some of the aesthetics of it. But the big difference is that instead of a crystal in that top um, mm-hmm. energy part, it's now a sphere. Oh. And it's a sphere, and it has the what do you what do you call that when it just has like a bunch of like facets. Mark, don't you pull Bombot up? <laughs> Bombot. No, no Bombot. Huh? Bombot. Oh, that's the best. That's what you wanted me to pull up, right? No. Damn it, Mark. Okay. It's, it's um, special bombs that are blown up by throwing a grenade at them. And grenades. Grenades. A grenades. Yeah. Okay. It's not even happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dumb meme Mark's trying to make happen. Sounds it like happened. work tech for some reason. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they're they're really changing the monolith. Do you like the new monolith? 
I do. Yeah? Yeah. It's it's close enough to the old monolith shape yeah. that I'm very I'm still very happy with it. Yeah. Um uh and most people I talk to don't actually really like the crystal mm. clear plastic crystal aspect of the Necron and they're definitely going away from that. I, I don't think it's crystal anymore. It's some opaque yellow. Um, is how I see it painted. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool because uh, the the clear is a little odd sometimes. It, 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 I could see it looking really like fake. And it looks kind of out of place. Yeah, cheap's a good word for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it just looks like a weird Lego thing. Just yeah, there we model. go. There's the new one. Ooh. Yeah, so it, it's still very reminiscent. You can still see the gate, the Eternity Gate that they're kind of they step out of. Yeah, it has even that... the gate looks cooler. Though. Yeah, like well, I didn't mind the old gate. It was still just that green. But it was still just, yes, you'd have to paint it to make Mm -hmm. it look good. But, yeah, you can see there's still that sphere of energy, and it's kind of got those containing arms going up. It's got the vents. It's got the guns on the corners, just like old ones. So I think it's keeping a lot of the old feel yeah of them while still improving on it, it like looks, you don't feel like it's yeah, completely it different though. it's yeah, a new it iteration uh, i'm probably just gonna trash my monolith you could almost even just like uh, buy a golf ball take off the crystal, <laughs> crystal. No, I, i'm more than happy to put turn that into some piece of terrain sure 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 I, i'm more than happy to you know trash that thing and turn it into a doomsday arc <laughs> <laughs> then it can look different, but still be. I have Doomsday arcs. Oh, not Doomsday arc. Uh, Doomsday monoliths. Oh, a Doomsday monolith. Yeah, 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 yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of options out there. That's why. Or I take demand. out the crystal and put a katan in, and then you've they, got a tesseract. Now it's a tesseract. There, you, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You want more options? What What do we need to do to get you in a monolith today? <laughs> you just need to say, "Hey, Eric, here's a monolith." <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the question. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That one isn't uh, coming out uh, immediately. The other ones are, are – a lot of other options are coming out first. Yeah. But um. <clears throat> So before we talk about some of the new Necron releases, um, there's one thing when we were going over the episode notes that Eric kind of was touching on that I thought was a really unique aspect of Necron. Hmm. It's the fact that they don't uh, function as a transport army. Yeah, like they really only have one transport, the Ghost Star. And it's not good. Like, it's it's not good at transporting Necron. It's very much, when you read about it and understand it, it it's there to support Necron's reanimation protocols. Yeah. You know, it's, it's there for them to stay on. If they can repair, they leave it again. Mm-hmm. And if they can't repair, it just breaks down their body. Yeah. So it's not... It just feels odd to view it as the same as a rhino. Yeah. Right? Or, or like, a plane. Yeah, but it's such a cool thing to, like, just think. Yeah, they just open up these portals and, like, just summon things in, like... So that's yeah. that's what they should lean into. Yeah. For sure. I, I would hope that in this n- new iteration of Necron models, they don't try and become a transport army. Mm, uh, sure. I don't think they need to. Uh, I think they just need to focus on the other aspects of moving their own troops around, which is truly just teleportation. Yeah. And it's... if they make it a little easier for us to move uh, models with, do- with uh, Night Scythes and-, and Monoliths, um, on the tabletop, I think that they can make that really cool. Yeah, like some stratagems where now you just redeploy stuff wherever or yeah. next to and stuff. S- those do exist yeah, right yeah. now. Unfortunately, the models themselves are not worth taking. Yeah. So you just can't use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with this, the um, adding of this new monolith, uh, 
hopefully it's good enough because they want people to buy it (laughs) and good rules sell models yeah so hopefully it's good enough that we find a a resurgence of teleporting necron on the table and it feels like it's actually a quite a mobile army even though it's a very slow moving individual army yeah yeah Mm. so yeah on the foot level there are other things in the necron army that are quicker than anything else on the battlefield sure. so uh wraiths destroyers tomb blades are very quick so yeah there's there's other things out there um but the teleportation aspect of the necron army is definitely something that could be leaned into yeah. very well yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's very unique it very is unique. yeah 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 uh new necron stuff we're not going to do like a whole box review or nothing, but if you had one model, Eric, what's your favorite new Necron model well, that they're trying to come out with? Um, obviously, the Silent King is... Okay, so this is where the War of the Worlds... Yeah. So they're re- literally releasing models. There it is. Oh, yeah, That yeah, yeah. look oh. like the ones from War of the Worlds. Yeah, yeah. I right. think that's so awesome. It, it, it that has looks four amazing. legs, what's so there's no... Well, there's a, there's a three-one. There's a three-one. Okay, yeah, no, there's straight there's, steel. There's, like a canop- <laughs> there's a canoptic <laughs> reanimator that I think that one is, and then there's a canoptic doomsday. It's oh. actually funny. We talked about how the doomsday arc is the only thing that's capable of holding a, a doomsday cannon. Well, it's yeah. technically not true anymore. One of those big spidery things is actually has a doomsday cannon on its back that we've seen. So, yeah, that's the big thing that we saw in the video. At the very mm. end. At the yeah. very end, yeah. Oh, what a um, beast. So the thing that I'm probably most excited for, though, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's the coolest model, yeah, that's a good one. but it's the Plasmancer. So it's right there. Make it, make it big. Yeah. Make it big. So oh, thanks, yeah. Jamie. That's sweet. So that is the thing I'm most looking forward to because it speaks to the fact that they're starting to make different kinds of cryptics. Mm-hmm. Cryptics has always just been this like a necessary thing if you're doing infantry necron yeah but it never was really cool sure right they just added a, a plus one to reanimation protocols yeah and you just you had to take and these it. are like these are like scientific inventors of the necron these are geniuses yeah like like they understand the, the material universe the best right now they're the, the ones who are gone. making these fucking s- s- the singularity, yeah. singularity things. And like, all they did yeah. on the entire tabletop was just made your guys slightly better at coming back to life. Mm-hmm. But there's entire different schools and disciplines that they actually fall into. So this is a plasmancer, and it specifically says that it uh, enhances the weapons of destruction for all the Necron. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, there's cryptomancers, there's technomancers, there's time, the ones that manipulate time and oh. weather and everything. So I'm mm-hmm. really hoping that because of that... They're stepping into exploring the other aspects of the cryptic arts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is that's what I'm most excited for. But um, yeah, yeah, like it, the way I'd like to see it happen on tabletop is literally they function in the psychic phase, like without being psychic. Exactly, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's that whole kind of just well, crazy magical. Like this like, guy, I would even. I would enjoy him being like at, at the start of every round. If there's an infantry unit next to him, roll on this table and they get that bonus because yeah, he's sure. enhancing them. Yeah, that one's but, fine. But there are some like the time yeah. one. Here's yeah. a couple time spells yeah, that you yeah. can attempt to manifest. And mm. so, yeah. I, like, I think they could make it really cool. And, yeah. and I'm looking forward to that a lot, seeing how they interact. Because ninth is oh. going to be a complete. Oh, there's the doomsday one. Yeah. Oh, even that one has four. I lied, Micah. Sorry. But yeah, you see the Doomsday Cannon <laughs> on top. That cannon normally sits in the Ghost Arc, in the Doomsday Arc. Oh, and now it's sitting on that bad boy. so sick. Those, yeah. You, you got to get one of those. Those are really cool. I'm 
currently so they're releasing like a, a box set yeah right uh it's going to be half space marines half necron i'm currently getting four necron Four Necron. Four Necron halves of that. How box. many dollars in shame is that? Oh, I it's see. At what least, you, I see what you're saying. It's at least four hundred dollars. Cool, and, crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Plasmancer is the coolest looking model I've seen. You're but just excited for the I'm potential. Oh, exactly. I like him. I think he's and he is very cool. He is there's very a lot cool. of variety in these new models, which I really like. It's it's visually interesting for yeah. sure. And when it's I, not all just the skeleton yeah. looking. No. Necron. Yeah, they're like, really they're kind of just more making it horror and kind of stepping away from the fact that these are Terminators. Yeah. Right. So which I like. I'm totally I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. I think for me, I like the uh, what do you call these ones, Eric? Scorpec destroyers. Scorpec destroyers. I've I've talked about this before. Times, where yeah. um, the the Necron destroyer model is just weird. They have these weird hovered engines, and really the whole destroyer viruses they want to amplify their body to be like cult the, of destruction. Cult of destruction. They want to they want to make their body the most efficient destroying machines possible. So they you know like these ones, they replace their legs and make them like super quick and whatever. You know, they amplify yeah. themselves but they, so much. But they also just love destroying things up close. Yeah. But mm -hmm. And you're right. It felt odd. Yeah. But how come everyone who's affected by this insanity only goes for the same modifications on their body? Exactly. It felt odd. Yeah. And, like, I, I think I was going to do something very similar to that. Like, I always wanted to do some destroyers with spider legs and stuff. So, yeah. It's cool that that's coming out. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that and seeing the actual cult of destruction kind of mm -hmm. fleshed out, fleshed out more options for it. Because, yeah, they shouldn't all just be the same. Like, they should be very different. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the new Overlord. There's a warden uh -huh. right beside him. Yeah. Okay, so the Overlord has a tachyon arrow that he fires. So if you get hit by it, it obliterates you from space and time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it literally it shoots just, like a... It shoots a sliver of metal, but it's like so charged and it's so dense, this metal. It just, it makes mountains disappear. So, so <laughs> you know, when breaking something up like molecule by molecule until it doesn't exist isn't enough. Yeah, you yeah. can now just eliminate something you from delete, space You and delete time. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just back just delete them. That's delete, crazy. delete. Yeah, it's... Uh, Necron Tech is without a doubt so high up there nothing yeah. in 40k even comes close even the craziest relics from the golden age of technology yeah it only starts to touch what necron tech is capable of yeah yeah and i really like what micah kind of touched on it earlier but i feel like and i feel like you were right when you said the only thing stopping really the necron from destroying everything is the fact that they don't really want to they yeah. want to yeah. rule they they need people to be yeah. below them. But they could. I feel like they could just destroy the universe. Yeah. Universe is a big word, but definitely galaxy. But everything in it. Yeah. Maybe not should. the universe itself, but and <laughs> hey, I, hey, also I, on a long enough timeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the Necron are probably the universe's only solution to the Tyranids. Yeah. Well, that, that's one of the reasons that Cesaric is coming. Yeah. They're also a, a considered a big anti mm, Nah. words they're considered <laughs> also like a big fight against chaos as well but yeah, yeah. tyranids yeah like cesar cesaric the silent king has 
been on a self-imposed exile for 60 million years and he hasn't seen any need to come back right even with the appearance of chaos and the gods and horus heresy and the fact that the eldar are now hunting down necron tomb worlds he doesn't he doesn't concern himself over any of that yeah. but as soon as he heard about tyranids he said this thing will actually consume all life and yeah. now like it's worth my attention yeah and that's yeah it definitely puts the tyranids on the scale of galactic monster mm-hmm. so yeah hmm. yeah. Very cool. yeah they came from outside our galaxy as they well are so like intergalactic yeah yeah do you think that he would have any knowledge about that at all or no who's his arc yeah he met them outside the galaxy oh right, right right yeah yeah that was where he first confronted them and so then he's like nope gotta go back <laughs> u-turn yeah. yeah i got crazy yeah um cool. anything else we want to talk about necron like obviously i can just do this all day so no i'm good yeah Oh, (laughs) (laughs) he got me again. Uh, Cool. You know what? Before we end our episode, though, there are uh, some people that we really want to thank. Uh, mainly the our contributors of our Imperial Dive. Our Patreon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, list out the names of everyone who's uh, a member. Before you do that, because everyone's going to sign out now. No, go join our Tithe. Don't do that. Stay. Listen. Join yeah. our Tithe. Help us out. Enjoy the fact that we thank the members mm-hmm. of our tithe. Uh, but thank you to Arnie. Thank you to Nf. <laughs> thank ah. you to Mass, Thomas, Connor, Crazy C4, Hamrick, Mehmet the Odd, Ethan, Padreg, Sex Lexar, Ian Lexask, Jonathan, mm-hmm. Mark Dash Erebus is a bitch. It's true. Alexis, T4TT underscore Z4PP3RR. That's also true. Andres, Aaron, Caleb, Dr. Itchy PP, Michael. <laughs> MD. MD. <laughs> Michael, Matt, Mediocre Merits, Ryland, Calvin, A Hundred Damn Crotalids, <laughs> Cutis? Really? Not Curtis? I don't know. Must be Cutis. Mark <laughs> and Jormungandr. I Sweet. like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, guys, thank you, thank you, so, thank you much so much to contributing to our Patreon. Honestly, it's really encouraging for us, and it only allows us to do more things. So yeah, each each month that goes by, we're just that much closer to being doing this full time. So just that much closer to producing much, even more content, even more content. So go go support us on our Patreon. Um, even a dollar, even a dollar yeah. helps. And then as well, guys, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, on Instagram. We have a a really great hobby focused mm. lore focused discord yep. community um yeah yeah, yeah definitely go do- join the discord in the next uh week or whatever because we're going to be doing that let's talk lore hammer and we want you guys to all be involved in that that podcast so uh go check it out and you can kind of keep posting on what we're doing cool uh well anything else before we end boys thank you for freeing up the thank time you. yeah thanks for joining us yeah. it's good to have you on yeah always a pleasure thanks for having me touches also consensual. Yeah. <laughs> it's always consensual with Eric. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah. For Rio. your own mind if you don't want to fight it. Rio yeah. knows <laughs> the truth. Anyways, <laughs> for those of you who are not watching the video, that was very don't, don't uncomfortable. Watch it. <laughs> don't. It's just my knee. Yeah, guys, don't be a prude. <laughs> God. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you on our next episode. Bye. See ya.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.